Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. I have been playing a game on my phone. The game is called Castle Wreck. Now it's honestly a little difficult to even call it a game because essentially you're just shooting cannons at a castle. I've done about 250 castles and it hasn't gotten any harder. And there's no real challenge to it. But the appeal to me is I just like watching the particle physics. I just like watching the bricks fall apart and the towers collapse and stuff. So for me, it's not really a game with a challenge or anything like that. It's just cool to watch things explode, which gives you a really, you know, deep insight to my mentality and psychology. The interesting thing is that every fifth level, there's a boss level. It's the exact same castle so far. Uh, you get to attack it from slightly different angles. That's pretty much it. But the king is in a tower in the middle. So if you hit that tower and the tower collapses, you kill the king. That's very satisfying for someone like me, uh, who's just an awful human being. But the game is actually based on what percentage of the castle you've destroyed. So you don't actually most of the time have to destroy every single part of the castle to be successful. Like if you were looking at it, you have to destroy 70% completely and that'll count as the castle being destroyed. Because I bet there's a lot of base parts that you couldn't actually like destroy properly. So they had to take it down from 100%, a true 100% down to something else. The thing is that means you can blow up all the walls of the boss king's castle, not kill the king, and actually beat that level. Now I find that very, very dissatisfying. I feel that killing the king is imperative to the successful destruction of this castle. If you're not killing the king, you haven't really destroyed the heart of the castle. Now my son was watching me play Castle Wreck, and he watched me do a boss fight, and he watched this exact scenario play out, and I said, Mwah! I'm never as happy if I don't kill the king. And my son, trying to be a good person, he looked at me and he said, but at least he'll be sad. And that warmed the empty cockles of my heart. Because yes, the castle's been destroyed, the king has no protection, and absolutely he will be sad. And maybe that's even more of a win because he has to live with that feeling. I have been very busy lately. So we missed a Ninja News Japan. We basically missed a second Ninja News Japan. I recorded one in the office. If you listen to that show, you can hear that the, the tone is very different because I'm in an echoey room with a mic, different microphone and stuff. Uh, but basically, it's been hard to kind of keep up with running two shows. And what I want to do is actually spend a little more time writing the third show I'm trying to create so I can get some headwind on that and actually maybe start recording some of that. 
that's going to relate to the next story that I'm going to talk about. So right now, I'm considering making VelociPodcast bi-weekly. And maybe Ninja News Japan as well. So I would alternate Ninja News Japan, VelociPodcast, Ninja News Japan, VelociPodcast. So you'd still be getting weekly episodes, but it would actually be about half as much work. I was, I'm just, this is kind of an update on just the state of the podcast. I was considering putting them back into one RSS feed. So if you subscribe to VelociPodcast, you actually get one week would be VelociPodcast and the next would be Ninja News Japan and vice versa. I don't know. It seems like more work than it's worth now because I've already built both podcasts. And I know that there are more people listening to Ninja News Japan right now. And they probably are listening to that because they're not interested in VelociPodcast. The topics are very different. Or maybe just during the busy season. So I have no desire to actually stop. But I do have a desire. As I've said, every time I've done a state of the podcast, I want to make it better. And the problem with me wanting to make this better is that it takes more time to make anything better. So more planning, more research, uh, more diversity in stories, things like that. These are the problems. But if I want to keep up X amount of content, you have to actually sacrifice quality or depth or all the other things that kind of go with it. And I actually do just want to produce more and more and more and more content, but I have to go to work every day. So the reason stuff didn't get made last week was I went on holiday for three days and then I worked eight, nine days in a row with no day off. And this is my first day off. It's not my normal day off. And I'm trying to record two weeks in advance because next week is the emperor's birthday. We're going to celebrate that by having a day off on Monday. Uh, my kids are going to actually have school on Saturday and they get a makeup day off on Tuesday, which is my day off. So I'll be taking care of them. So this is essentially any event that happens in my kid's life can impact whether or not I can record. So that's just the reality of having, you know, a family. It, it ruins your ability to be, you know, successful uh, in any creative endeavor if you are connected to other human beings. Let's just say that right now. Now, the other project I want to work on, I've actually mentioned multiple times, it's a choose your own adventure. And then I read this story and it's Choose Co. LLC. I didn't realize that Choose Your Own Adventure was really copywritten. Of course it is, because those books are called Choose Your Own Adventure books, and I've always had a deep love for them. That, I guess, title or genre is owned by Choose Co. LLC, and they are right now suing Netflix for $25 million in damages and trademark, and trademark infringement. That is because of the Netflix show, part of the Dark Mirror series, I think it was called Bandersnatch, which I always say wrong. I always say like Bunder or Blunder. I was, anyways, I say that word wrong. I probably will by the end of this story. Because they called it a Choose Your Own Adventure TV show. Choose Co. LLC is now able to sue them. And I think within the show, now I didn't actually get a chance to watch it. Within the show, I think they actually pick up like a Choose Your Own Adventure style book and refer to it as a Choose Your Own Adventure. And what they're saying is this connects that show to our brand so closely people would be confused as to the connection and it's almost tacit approval that the Choose Your Own Adventure within Bandersnatch is connected to Choose Co. LLC. Netflix tried but didn't ultimately acquire the rights. But then they made the movie anyway and they used the brand name. I didn't know that was a brand name. So that's actually my first problem. So the question I run into 
is I wanted to call my podcast that I'm making a choose your own adventure podcast. Because of course, that's what everyone understands and knows as a thing we're doing. I was maybe going to be smart and say, call it a choose your podcast, but that is then actually confusing as to what the nature is. I've decided to not be as obtuse with my naming structures. I think Podcast was the biggest mistake I've made with creating this podcast because it does nothing to help you understand what we're doing here. Uh, and people can never remember the name when they search for it or go to recommend it with friends. I've had more people go say your podcast, you know, the dinosaur one, which means it's in there somewhere, but they can't actually remember the name. And so that's the first mistake I made with this. Ninja News Japan is pretty well branded. It's about Japan. It's about news. The ninja, po- the ninja part is irrelevant, but it's just there to sort of make it sort of a, a, a nice sounding name. Daily Affirmations Weekly, the other podcast I have, is fairly well named. So I, you can see I've learned from my mistake. I was tempted to rebrand this podcast, the Chunk McBeef Chest Podcast, or the Chunk McPodcast. But again, that's just as useless as Podcast. And these are all based off my gamer tags uh, and stuff like that from various... Xbox and PlayStation systems. But I'm running into a problem now. So I I had a title for the show, which is going to be maybe the name if it was a book. But when you explain it to people, I want to be able to say it's a choose your own adventure podcast. Uh, You'll go through an episode and there'll be a choice at the end. And that choice will be the next episode you listen to, not in order. That's very important. So making that concept clear at the beginning, to me is vital. Because if you don't make that concept clear using simple terms, people might start listening to it in order and then none of it makes sense. Now, I don't expect to make any money off this. I haven't made much money off any of the projects I've made podcast-wise. I do it for, honestly, just because I love making content. But my goal, my actual plan, was to make this original one. And if it got popular, then I would put effort into writing a second one and try to monetize that. Because essentially you get one book for free and then you would get a second book that you have to pay for. And if people like the first one, they'd be more willing to pay for the second. That was my actual thinking. And we are still talking years in the future, but the concept of the choose your own adventure is the linchpin to the success of people actually listening to this thing properly and understanding what they're supposed to do. And if I can't use choose your own adventure because I might get sued, the question is, how do you come up with a phrase or explain it that simply so that people can understand. Because you could say it's a multi-choice narrative. I could come up with my own original term. It is a non-linear, user-driven experience. It's episodic, multifaceted podcasting. The fact of the matter is everyone already knows what a choose-your-own-adventure is, so that means you then don't have to explain the concept that hard. So this lawsuit is something I'm following closely. I don't, again, I don't think anyone's going to be suing me for $25 million in damages because uh, I'm not going to have $25 million. So, I mean, I guess they could sue me for $25 million. Just the expectation that they actually would get it uh, is unlikely. The interesting part to me would be, uh, I would say right away, well, why don't you just take all the profits from it? And then they find out the profits are zero. And it's like, good, leave me alone. They would still probably take money from me somehow and ruin my life because I now feel like the choose your own adventure guys might be a little bit evil running into companies protecting their intellectual property 
because they have to sue people to do that, they always come off as evil even if they're not. They are just protecting themselves. And they're protecting themselves from Netflix, which is a much bigger entity in the world at this moment. So they're trying to make sure that Netflix doesn't just like bowl through and make choose your own shows again and again and again and ruin their, and they lose sort of the value of their property. So it's been kind of a tough month for podcasting for me. I've just had a lot of work to do. And it looks like next month is going to be the same. So I'm trying to get ahead of the curve right now. But I'm actually thinking on into the future. How can I create more projects? How can I sustain what I've already made? How can I avoid getting sued for $25 million? And honestly, right now, I don't have the answer to any of those. But just the same, I will make this promise to you. I will keep producing garbage content that you care nothing about, yet is somehow vaguely entertaining until the day I die. Until a few weeks before I die. I assume I get sick first. If it's a sudden accident, I can't really make that many promises for how long it's going to last. But, oh, I don't want to sit here and talk about my own death now. Oh, this is turning out to be a really bad day. So this initially comes from Reddit, which was then picked up by one of these other sites like Cheeseburger or something. Uh, And then it gets sort of passed around the internet. So... I found out there's YouTube videos where people just like read Reddit stories, which seems really cheap to me, but I guess that's something that happens. So let me read. Uh, This was about like psychological tricks you can play on other people and psychology is something I'm always really interested in. So I actually read most of these and went back and read the original thread on Reddit. One of them is silence. What the person says is, it's a very effective interview technique because as humans, we are conditioned to break silences in conversations. Which is true. Uh, A lot of people are very uncomfortable with silences. I work in Japan. I live in Japan. We have a lot of people join my company from the West. And one of the things we often end up explaining to them is that Japanese people are more comfortable with silences than you are. And of course, everyone goes, oh, no, no, I'm really comfortable with silence. But of course, they didn't wait for three seconds before they started talking because they're actually so uncomfortable with the idea of just sitting there in silence for a while. Japan is a society. Japanese people are more willing to silently wait while someone thinks to answer. And we have to train the people we work with to be like, you have to wait and don't just talk all the time. Let let people answer. I don't know if it's because I lived in Japan or I have a different personality. I have always been very comfortable with silences. One of the responses was very interesting. So this is Lost Star 2017. I had a conversation with my former boss, who was kind of a psychopath. He started by saying he needed to ask me a question. Then he made a bunch of statements and then just stopped and was silent. I assumed his question was implied by the statement, so I started to respond to the statements. He cut me off and chastised me for interrupting when he hadn't asked the question yet. Then he did the same thing. Several statements, then silence. Then I start to talk and get yelled at. He did this three times before finally asking a question. I thought he was absolutely nuts. Later, I learned this is a technique people use to establish dominance. Now, I have a similar experience, except I don't think it was intentional. So clearly, this story from Lost Star 2017 is intentional. The boss was trying to be difficult and establish dominance. I don't know if that's what was going to happen in the situation I was in, but the first thing is I was comfortable with silence. So... I was in a meeting, there were multiple people, and my immediate supervisor said to me, I have a question, and then made several 
statements and then stopped. And that was it. So since there was no question, I didn't do what Lost Star did. I just sat in silence. And there was a lot of waiting. It got very uncomfortable. So everyone was waiting for something to happen. So instead of, you know, speaking out of turn or trying to answer, I just said, was that a question? Because he had made several statements, but he hadn't actually asked a question. So very similar to the situation. That's why this sort of sparked this memory. Now, the thing is, at that point, because the pause had been so long, clearly he had finished speaking. Everyone in the room was waiting for a response. He couldn't turn around and say, yes, he had asked a question and I hadn't understood it because we all understood there had no question been asked. If he'd been trying to assert dominance, that has been undermined by the fact that I just pointed out he never actually asked a question. And the actual result was the other people who were in the meeting started laughing. Because I think primarily, again, from discomfort, they'd just been sitting through this long pause. they had just seen something weird happen. So they laughed to re relieve some tension. If my boss in this situation was trying to establish dominance, which people sort of instinctively do to me. I'm a very confident guy. They all learn about the judo background. I kind of walk into rooms like I own the place. But that gives people this idea like what I want to do is I want to beat that guy. I want to put that guy down a notch. That's happened to me a lot in my life. The problem is it's usually ineffective because a lot of times I won't even notice. I would recommend to everyone who listens to this podcast, get comfortable with silence. Because the people who try to use silence against you, they tend to be impatient people. And if you can get to the point where you can comfortably wait longer than them, it will always ruin their plan. So if you're in a situation like this where your boss is trying to establish dominance, so they say stuff and they get angry at you when you speak back, speak back at them, the actually the only thing you can do is sit there in silence and wait. And I guarantee they'll give in a lot sooner than you think because they'll get frustrated that their technique isn't working. The irony here is that you're listening to a podcast, and one of the things I do is cut out any extended silences, <laughs> because that wouldn't be a good podcast. The loss of the loss of podcast. The loss of podcast. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. Leave a text to a voice question or comment at voicelink.fm slash podcast. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast or go to velocipeter.com slash podcast, sexy out homies. which probably does...